Hello there, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am your host, Jamie. And I am your host, Mark. Thanks again for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, it's, we're past the holidays. Yes, we hope, hope you had a uh, happy holiday, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, nice Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, whatever else. And if you don't celebrate anything, just a nice holiday. Hope just you a, day, a nice day. You know? I mean, we hope you always have a nice day. Uh, absolutely. We are, we are definitely about the positivity around here in Coffee sure. and Wrestling. Um, we do try to focus on that. We got to point. We got to point out some of the bad shit every once in a while. But sometimes it's um, just bad, you know. We are a obviously a wrestling podcast that we talk about AEW, WWE, uh, occasionally ROH, NJPW, whatever kind of tickles our fancy for sure. Um, and the occasional conversation about coffee. Just know that when you hear this, it's there. It's oh, implied. Yeah. There's a cup. There's a pot brewing right now. And we've got full cups right now. So I mean, oh man, the always. coffee pot's descaled. Like we ready to go. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knew this. We've been drinking coffee for as long as Jamie and I have been together, and I never knew you had to descale a coffee pot. Yeah, little, I just thought they little w- shinfo. But if your coffee pot's running really slow, you just need to put some vinegar and yeah, uh, run one, a pot of wa- uh, coffee through it. But not for really the love coffee, of God, but- for the love of God, make sure you clean it out like three or four times with a run of water, because if you don't, you get all that vinegar nastiness, and it's just mm-hmm. ugh. you caught me that one morning. By accident, you cleaned it the night before, and then we didn't run it through, and then I got up for work and went to drink my coffee, and it tasted like straight vinegar. Straight up vinegar. So at any rate, coffee pot's descaled, fresh pot is in, always going back to that Walmart blend. Always. But here we are for another episode of Coffee and Wrestling, and this podcast, we will be talking about AEW Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, that puts us at holiday 1221 bash. and 1223. Yeah, they consider these the holiday bash, which is going to pre- precede the New Year's bash, which yes. will be happening next week. I feel like Tony Khan comes up with any excuse to name the show. <laughs> I, anyway, I'm not any hating. Any type of match, any type of I, show. I'm not hating a tag team. Anytime things come off a little bit corny, um, I think Tony Khan's very excited about it in the back. I Actually, I do have to counter that. I, I, I feel like it's not as corny as it could be. I feel like a lot of the stuff that he does, I mean, he does like a lot of the casino battle royales. He does like, we've got what the $300,000 trios tag casino Royale rumble. It's a jambalaya of, of doom. Like whatever (laughs) that is. Three Kings Christmas casino trio Royale. But he just, he always tries to make things interesting. He, you know, and he does. I'm definitely again, not hating, but this is the holiday bash. Uh, Precursor to the New Year's Bash, which last year they really killed it at the New Year's Bash with they the did. women's match. They did, and I apologize. Looking back, it is the New Year's Smash. <laughs> That's what it was called. Okay, and it was the Bunny and Penelope Ford versus Ty J. What they are called, uh, Ty Conti and Anna J. Right, right. I don't know if they're going by that anymore. We had a conversation about that earlier. I haven't noticed that they've been going by that. They haven't really been doing a lot of uh, tag team matches. Well, it was weird because they stopped being Ty J because Anna, no. Ty Mello joined JAS. Yep, and then Anna J ended up joining the JAS because now she's Anna JAS, which is, I, I still. Really bad. Don't know what they're doing with her. That's. Nothing. They had like that weird thing where she was like, I'll choke you out. And it yep. was I don't really think awkward. it didn't go over that well. And <laughs> AEW was just like, let's back off on that. Let's, let's figure something out with you. There's nothing We're... wrong with trying new things out with new people, you know, but she's very, very, very green. Anna Jay. So I think she's only wrestled I mean, so is, like 50, 60 matches. So is Ty Mello, if I remember right. She's only got a few years under her belt. But I mean, Jesus Christ, Jade Cargill's in that same category. Yeah. She's got what, 45, 46 matches. Hell, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of these people aren't ready for a new character. They're still learning the one character, let alone trying to learn something new. And Anna Jay just seems like a complete sweetheart. So it comes off kind of weird that she's trying to be like this mean person that will choke you out. Yeah. I'll choke you out. I'll choke you out. It's, it's kind of laughable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of individuals who have kind of gotten their character down very well, we started off AEW with Ricky Starks running a promo on MJF and how he ended up losing last week. Uh, basically stating that he's got self-respect still, which, I mean, I, I got to give it to him, sure, but that he still ain't got the gold around your belt, Ricky. No, well, I mean, he said that he had the self, he still had his self-respect because he didn't have to cheat. Mm-hmm. You know, he did things the right way like Ricky did, and of right. course, MJF had to hit the low blow, and he cheated. But, but like you know you what they said, say, nice guys finish last. Obviously, Ricky Starks didn't win, but lo and behold, Jericho... And the Appreciation Society came out. Yeah, Sans uh, Jake Hager. Yes. Well, they came out and <laughs> uh, offered an opportunity to Ricky to join the JAS, right. which... You could smell from a mile away wasn't going to uh, well, happen. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> interesting that he would try and take an interest in, in Ricky Starks, knowing he was in Team F- FTW, he had the FTW championship for a while. I mean, he's, he is a hot commodity. Kayfabe, he is a very hot commodity. He oh, 1,000%. A very skilled individual. He had those great matches with Will Hobbs, even though he came up a little short. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantastic match with MJF last week. And honest to God, I could see him going with an angle with the JAS. Like, he has that cockiness. He has that attitude. He has that, yeah, I, I hate using it, but he has that I'm better than you. Oh, added, you know, he could be a great him, heel. Which, I mean, even MJF alerted to that with, uh, the, the, you know, a little bit of flavors of the rock in Ricky Starks, right? Uh, which he vehemently denies that he stole his entire character from the rock, but you can't tell me that the I never caught on to it until really? he said it. And then I was you like, never, oh. nah, I, you know, as big of a rock fan as I am personally, I figured yeah, you would have had that pegged from the beginning. I, mean, I just always loved something about it, but I never caught on to used to him hate being Ricky Starks. Dwayne, like, uh, I did. You, we, we used to hate, well, it was I mean, the we used to hate a lot of people. And the, the slip-ons, you Who's know, the one, and, and oh, if you're and, listening, Ricky, I, I, so I'm sorry, I didn't know you. I didn't understand you or your gimmick. Um, it was the, he'd get beat up and then his shoes would go flying. And his I'm loafers. Like, every he'd run week, out, these fucking slip on Run loafers. out with high waters and loafers. And every time he'd get <laughs> his ass whooped, his I'm loafers sorry. would go flying. His high waters would get even <laughs> higher and his silky shirt would just get ruined. And Jamie hated it. She just, come, every time he'd come out, oh, this fucking guy. And now I'm like, is he wearing the loafers? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but he I love doesn't. It. He doesn't. It's like anything else. It's, it's <laughs> like when you first, you know, it's when we, like, we first started watching AEW, we were looking at 90% of the wrestlers, like, who the fuck is this dude? Like, he just looks Didn't like some, understand who these some jabroni. Were. And honest to God, I thought that about Ricky Starks. I really looked at him and said, who is this Dwayne Johnson-looking wannabe kid? Oh, man, he's phenomenal. Oh, it's great. Even it's in great. the indies, he was great. Uh, but obviously, shoots down the, the invitation to the yeah. JAS. He does tell Jericho that he used to look like an air fryer a few months ago. Yeah, that's right. He, he complimented him on how he went from... Uh, Looking like a wrestling air fryer to, you know, clean and cut. Yeah. And he, I mean, he does. Like, it's true. We commented on that a couple times, just looking at Chris Jericho, like, why does he look like, you know, the Pillsbury Doughboy? And he was. He was looking kind of thick. Maybe he's, you know, if you know anything about, about muscle building and, you know, sustaining strength, you need to go through a bulk and a cut phase. And sometimes when you get into that bulk phase, you look a little thicker. You, you add some, you have to add fat to add muscle. Mm-hmm. and. Maybe he was just doing that. Maybe he was going through a r- workout routine, but he did look like... He had a health scare, though. 
that's right, he did, didn't he? So that's mm-hmm. probably what it was. That probably I can't remember him... what in particular it was, but something put him in the hospital. And I think it was, was some, like, uh, something with his heart, if I remember Something right. like that. And he Either was just way. like, I got to get better. I got to lose the weight. I got to. And he did. He looks, oh, I mean, wow. for, he's he what, 50 something years old. And yeah. I mean, my God, I know, I know 50 year olds that I work with that have gout for fuck's sakes. I mean, they're oh my just God. Because they don't take care of I themselves. I think my dad's 60 and he can barely get in and out of the truck that he works out. Oh, of. yeah. <laughs> okay, he looks he looks phenomenal for somebody who's not only that age yeah. but has also performed for 30, 30 years, years. I mean, Jesus in Christ. in a very high impact you know industry. It's not like like your dad, he you know drives trucks for a living. It's not like Yeah, he moves like If you dirt did that from for 30 one spot years to another spot. Yeah, you got to worry about bed sores on your ass. Like right? that's the biggest thing. Chris Jericho's <laughs> worried about chair shots. He's worried about jumping off of uh you know cages onto whether yeah. it was cardboard or fucking aluminum or steel like Aww. I mean, 30 years, whatever. Too like, bad we weren't a podcast then. Oh my God, the amount of <laughs> shit we could have given him for that. So cutting back to Ricky in the ring, um, he again was just basically saying, nope, not interested in being a part of the JAS. And behind him comes Jake Hager, who hits him with a, a lariat, knocks him down to the ground. And then uh, of all people to come out and help Ricky Stonks, action on Dreddy. Yep, the one who... Was able to pin Chris Jericho last week and quite possibly the upset of the week, if not the month, if not at this point, the year. Yeah. I mean, honest to God, I don't think anybody saw that was going to happen. And you'll go back to our episode last week with AEW uh, to hear our response and our reaction to that. But it was, again, it's, it's going to be one of the standout points of 2022, at least for AEW. It was absolutely fantastic. But he uh, comes in here, he action pretty much lays everybody in JAS out, and Sammy Guevara, of all people, gets just absolutely annihilated by action oh yeah and the crowd just L- loves it every loved it they, i tell you what AEW crowd right now love them or hate sammy they everybody just loves to hate on Sammy. it's like the best thing in the world he is honest to god like shades of chris jericho which makes sense at this point right with being the jas but straight up he just walks out and people hate him people absolutely hate him whether he's just being cocky and crazy or he's tongue you know slobbing all over his girl like it, he just knows what gets a reaction out of the crowd. But even if he just comes out, people are like, you still suck. And I remember that happened sometime, I think, this week, where he was just standing there. And I, actually, it was that. Way. It he was, was that talking day. to Ricky. And people were just yelling, you suck. So, yeah, they were just saying, Sammy sucks. And, and he's he didn't like, even do around, anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. He's generating, that's he's good, generating Twitter posts. He's generating Facebook posts. Right. He's generating heat online. He's it's generating good. heat in the ring. He is generating, like, he, he's even fueling the neck beards that are out there to piss the people off that right. don't like the general opinion. He's like, oh, they, they're just, there's fans out there of Ricky that just are fans of Ricky because he rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Not whether you're a fan of him or not. There are people out there buying that man's t-shirt because they want to look at a wrestling and fan and go, ha ha ha, fuck you. I make you upset. Mm-hmm. Like it is the, it's the most ridiculous thing. Cause when you see him on that TV, you see the dynamic of him. You'd think, Oh, Nobody likes this guy. Why do they keep putting him on TV? I fucking hate this guy. That's why they keep putting him on TV. That's why he Ricky, Star- or Ricky starts. That's why Sammy Guevara is like he just he he just has to stand there. He's a machine. Mm-hmm. He just generates. Yeah. He just generates heat, and, and he just and, stands there. And he's one to constantly post on Twitter. Ties the same. Oh way. yeah, he's not afraid to do it either. No, but he, you know he'll he posted the other day that him and Ty bought a house. Yep. And posted some Congratulations pictures of the them. dogs and all this cool stuff. And I, I found myself hesitating to like the post because he's such a good heel mm-hmm. that I was like, hmm, 
Sammy. Yep. I, I, I genuinely, in real life, it translates over to where, it's so like funny. you said before, you you always hated Chris Jericho. You didn't realize he was doing his job so well. Oh, I still say I would hate him outside of uh, wrestling, though. <laughs> Personal opinion. Uh, but, yeah, great segment between them. They had set up uh, Ricky Starks will be taking on Chris Jericho next week on Dynamite, I believe. Yes, that is going to be next week on Dynamite. But let's move on to a main event quality match. It depends on who you ask. If you're asking me, this was fantastic, but it was the Elite versus Death Triangle. Uh, this was match five, which was a mm-hmm. no DQ. And I th- think it was a pretty good match. I mean, I can't. I, I feel like deep down, the mark in me wants, not like the mark name, the mark, I guess, title, wants to hate this match because at this point we're five matches in of the same participants. Right. Um, with a weak storyline i guess i guess not a weak storyline but they're not referencing why these two teams are fully feuding and i think that's a little silly uh-huh i want to hate these matches i want to roll my eyes every time these guys enter the ring that being the elite but i find myself three seconds into the match glued to the fucking screen on the edge of my seat just well, like oh my god this match is great first of all it always starts off with two just sick entrances always between death triangle and now the elite well of course death triangle and you and i have talked about this uh and we might t- even talk about this in our year-end episode um but coming soon coming soon but death triangle had arguably the best entrance in AEW. <laughs> I, like, 100%. <laughs> if we were to talk about worst entrance, though, this is random and has nothing to do with this match. Worst entrance of the year? Remember when Cody had his entrance in WWE and oh he my got God. stuck? No, that's not the worst. That's the best. He didn't get stuck. He was waiting. There's a clip out there of, <laughs> of Cody Rhodes because he has that little raising, rising platform. Yeah, but WWE didn't like the The angle the was thing, a little bit pulled too far out. And for about three to four seconds, you just see Cody Rhodes' head at the bottom of the screen looking around, like waiting for his cue to start going up. And it's... Adrenaline yeah. in my soul. He just... It's, it's <laughs> great. So you got Death Triangle coming out with their entrance. But ever since the Elite have, I guess, licensed Carry On My Wayward Son, every time that song hits, it just it gives me goosebumps. I love like, it. It's so good. It's It's... I don't know if it's the symbolism. I don't know what it is, but I just, the riff, I don't know. It's a good ass song. Like it just, it fits them so well and they come out and it's, it's so not what you would have expected. Like, obviously if you read the dirt sheets and you read, like they were trying to trademark it, like you would have known, but just being like a fam, like a 12 year old kid who's not on the internet all day looking at wrestling dirt sheets to find out what's happening. It, it it must've been like, what is this? Like, like, a song that's not very current, not very popular no. in, in in modern t- uh, music, used in a way that it's like, wow, this is like a it, like it really throws like a powerful vibe. It with does. It. It's so good. And the lights. Somebody got a really good shot on Twitter, and Kenny Omega yep. reposted it. They've got the lights behind them, so they're they're blacked out. Like I don't know how it is in like live, but when you see it on camera, like you see like just the silhouettes of them, and they've got their positions, and it's just. It's like T-shirt quality every time. You it could is. take a snapshot of that, put it on a T-shirt, put the Elite at the top, and it, and it would sell like, Absolutely. like fucking hotcakes. But like, we were coming up on Christmas time, so they used this opportunity to put Christmas trees all down the ramps. 
And at one point, I don't know who. Penta. Penta. Penta That's right, because they went to commercial and you were out of the room for a minute. And I, I was trying to yell to Jamie what was going on. And I was yelling, Penta has a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree broke. He's bringing the Christmas tree back in the ring. And th- at this point, we're a picture in picture. I'm like, so there's no, not even an announcing. So I can't even like rely on Excalibur to give me some type of vocabulary. Yeah. And I'm talking about how Penta is putting together a Christmas tree in the middle of an AEW dynamite <laughs> ring while grown men are fighting around him. And then he has probably the hardest time leaning something in a corner as he's trying to lean this Christmas tree into the corner, the design not to fall over. So he's having a hell of a time and it came into play throughout the entire picture in picture where all of the elite got smashed into a Christmas tree. It was it, really good. It was great. I loved it. It's a great way to start off the match. If you don't like goofy wrestling, then don't fucking watch the first five minutes of this match. If you don't like goofy wrestling, then this is not. Stop watching wrestling. Is, I mean, everything's goofy. WWE's yeah, you're so not gonna goofy. tell me. You're not this gonna tell me tournament. the honorary Ooze isn't the goofiest fucking storyline. Like I love it. Oh, I love it. I absolutely. I am. I am 100 percent involved in that. <laughs> but you're not gonna tell me, me that's not the that's not the goofiest shit in the world. Oh, absolutely. You're gonna have a redheaded white dude join uh, like a, a Samoan family just like that. Like, yeah, he's in. Yeah, but no, like, if you don't know the story, Grandma about, like, Oose how is going to be accepting of that. Like, yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, like how long they've actually known each other, and for sure. But like, you don't know cool. that outside of outside of wrestling no, WWE storyline. They don't reference it. They they act like they've all just started hanging out not too long ago. But this match was one hundred percent a great combination of that goofy and super serious, impressive wrestling that yep. the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Death Triangle, and Pac are all known for doing absolutely it started to get really impressive when kenny omega pulled out the barbed wire broom oh my god i don't know what that's from but excalibur said that that is not the first time he's seen that broom and we're gonna have to go back and look into that but i loved it it's it's like mick foley pulling out you know a a socko covered in barbed wire just like oh my god that's that's his thing he's the sweeper (laughs) or he's the cleaner you know yeah it's it's amazing. Do you remember when we start, first started watching Kenny Omega in AEW? You and I could not figure out why there were women in scantily clad bikinis walking out with fucking brooms. That was really awkward time. And I didn't would, understand that because they didn't, they like, didn't the really cross reference swords, it. Like entrance, and he would walk, <laughs> walk under, and we're just it. like, "What is this?" And I, I, the only thing that made sense was he was the cleaner. Like, okay, and he would come out with a fucking broom, and it was. <laughs> I think it was honest to God one of the things about AEW that you and I were like, this is so cool. Like yeah. it was like it, <laughs> it's I so felt like, different. I felt like I was twelve years old again watching, you know, Attitude Era bra. Right. Like it was just like, did they just beat up that guy in a supermarket and dump milk all over the place? Like, are you ser- <laughs> like, what am I watching? I absolutely. I'm. I'm. I should hate this stuff. I should hate these tree. This trio. Best of seven, because you know it's going to seven matches, especially now that well, they've been stipulated. Of course. And, uh, but I'm so, I'm, I, I look forward to it every week. It's hilarious, though, too. Like, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's hard-hitting. These guys act like they all hate each other the way that they're hitting each other in the ring. But it's hilarious, too, because, like, for this situation, Brandon was dressed up like an elf, and he had, like, little ornaments in his beard. Oh, my God. I love Brandon. It was just hysterical, <laughs> like it is. It's goofy. It reminds you of like nineteen nineties, like oh yeah, WWF. But they're also putting in a little bit of storyline where they're attacking Nick's ankle, and they're they're really working on on trying to get one injured so they have one up, and they're not being able to do it. 
how the it's it's making the elite and Kenny or making the elite feel like the underdog, like they're the yeah, ones, and they are does. they're they're trying to win the championship. I don't know what they're going to do with when they hit game seven. But I genuinely feel like every match has been completely different than the match previously. It's not like we've watched the same match five times. Right. Right. It's all a little bit different. The the fast pace and the hard hitting is every single time. I think but they, the actual match itself has been a lot different every time. I think they did it right, though, is they didn't do the stipulation matches until the fifth match. Right. They they've made, I feel like the fourth match, by the fourth match, the only reason that people were still interested, not the only reason they were still interested in the story, but one of the storyline interest in the story was that the elite were down. They were in a deficit so right. insane that it was like, there's no way they're going to win. They have, win. To, win. I mean, they have if, to win three in a row If you win. watch hockey, if you watch, I believe soccer does it as well, the best of seven. I don't, I don't know. I know hockey does it the best of seven. If you've ever had your team in the Stanley Cup playoffs mm-hmm. and you're in a three-to-one deficit, you are like bite teeth come game five. Right. Baseball like, is very similar to where you're facing that's right. the Baseball, same I'm sorry. over and over and over. Yeah, like you can be down three games to zero and it's doable. I hate bringing it up, but the blue, the blue, uh, blue wins. The Bruins lost a 3-0 game lead to the Philadelphia Flyers back in 2006. Flyers won four straight to, to advance to the to the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs or the the finals. That's a touchy subject in our house. It's uh, but I'm just saying but it it's, it's a possibility. So when you had this interest up until then, okay, now they won. It was now what two three. So the deficit wasn't, or I'm sorry, it was one three. So it wasn't as bad. Well, now we're like, all right, well, what do you? What are you, you know, vying for now? And now they added on the no DQ. Now they right. added on to the to the falls count. Falls anywhere. count anywhere is the, the next seventh match. one is a is a ladder match. A ladder match. I feel like that is going to be just absolutely insane. And you know I'm damn well, so looking forward to and it. You know damn well they're going to leave everything on the table again. Everything. It's in California. That's where the young bucks are from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the opportunity where the execs are going to be watching. They're yep. going to be in the arena. This is the time to really, really show off, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the beginning of the year, which the beginning of this year, is, it's funny, it was Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix right. for the AW uh, World Championship. And what a match. Yep. My oh, God. I loved you it. you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. I don't That's give a shit if you don't started. like AEW. I don't know why you're still listening at this point <laughs> if you don't like AEW. We just, really want to sell you on it. the of my soothing voice. Either way, really, go back and watch this match. Find YouTube reviews of it. Like, watch Oh my God! The rivalries between these two groups is phenomenal. And then so. we can't forget about the match between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, the cage match, like the steel cage match. When they won, when the Lucha Bros won the championship, it was like, talk about edge of your seat. I've never been of, so excited. Oh, so that good. still, I think to this day, is my favorite match in AEW really? of all time. I can understand that. That Briscoes and FTR match was I, great, but that was that technically wasn't even, ROH. Yeah, I was going to so. say, that's ROH. That's not even AEW. Yeah. But at this point, it's just wrestling. Absolutely. See, those two companies are about one and the same. The only difference is one doesn't have a TV deal. Uh, yes. So after, I mean, we had Tiger Driver 98s into barbed wire that went into Kenny Omega's asses. We had Snapdragon suplexes. Pac used tinsel for a hold on <laughs> Kenny. There was... That just so sounds many, crazy. I, I know. I, it, I, I, said, I tweeted this two weeks ago. 2022 is ending, and I'm still saying the most ridiculous shit that's happening in wrestling. I still have like six days left of 2022, and I'm still saying the most ridiculous shit <laughs> that has to do with wrestling. Um, but finally, the Young Bucks were able, and the Elite totally were able to get the win with the one-legged Meltzer driver because they're really selling that ankle injury on, on Nick. And 
they were able to get the win, eked it out, and then Death Triangle beat the shit out of, out of them. Oh, Nick after was the pouring. Match. Everybody was getting hit in the face with Nick hammers. Nick was split open. Everybody brought out hammers. It was hammer time, uh, and they went to commercial. Penta was, you know, kicking the crap out of them still, and they were cowering in the corner. So really, really trying to trying to give the Death Triangle the heel aspect and trying to give the, the elite that, Love that it. face. And I just, it's so it's good. So good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in it. We also had uh, Hook taking on Exodus Prime in a very short match. Hook doing his thing and throwing people around, getting the, I think he made him pass out. He either passed out or submitted. I can't remember, but it wasn't that long. Shout out to Exodus Prime because he took a Narkill bump and then like landed on his head. Oh yeah, he's, he's been jobbing this week. Like, he's been the jobber for, for the week of Dynamite and Rampage. Really good. Yeah, I mean. Um, but it was more of just to set up uh, more backstage antics as we we find Big Bill and Lee Moriarty attacking Jungle Boy Jack Perry, uh, Stokely Hathaway egging him on. And I think this is just to set up, I guess, a, a tag team between Hook and Jungle Boy. Yep. Uh, the, the firm's really showing up in a lot of segments. I really like AEW it. AEW recently. They said that this was their plan and this is what they're doing and everything that they've said so far, they've they've done a good attempt at pursuing all the things that each individual member of the firm has said i i really right. like it and stokely is just the best yeah yeah he's been he's been great um he had a great segment and we'll talk about that with um ethan page thank you and brian danielson yep uh, <laughs> but it's uh, more firm participants and and I guess, members, members i guess man i'm doing a horrible time with the words here we had the guns taking on ftr which ass boys Yes, the ass boys taking on <laughs> FBR um, in a match that's probably been brewing for, what, about two, three months now. They've been yeah. coming out egging on FDR. They've been dressing like Grumpy Dax and yep. Grumpy Cash with the bald caps and the mustaches. and Sabotaging they, matches. Mm-hmm, and... They came. They actually they had, they had a hand in them losing the ROH titles. Yep, that is so correct. So this match is, is, I mean, I think everybody thought this was going to go FDR's way. It's, it really started to look like that, but the ass boys. It didn't. The ass boys pulled one out of their ass and was well, able to pin. Their cheating ass. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what the the refs the refs decision is final. The ref decided that Colton Gunn pinned. I'm sorry, Austin Gunn pinned Dax. Yep, that's how it went down. And Aubrey the entire Edwards crowd it went quiet. The entire crowd was like, "What?" Dax had a lot of a difficult time here because that, his he, ass was hit, he had a him. broken ass. And who better than the ass boys to take advantage to of know, a broken ass? You know. Uh, but if you didn't know, he had that match with uh, the Briscoes a week a week prior, and tweeted out a very very bruised rear end of his. Uh, showed it on AEW's uh, rampage. round rampage, and so he had a legitimate legitimate injury that they definitely exploited to a degree where they were able to win. And I it's love been it. three really horrible losses for yep. FDR. Yep. And they are currently slated for Wrestle Kingdom to defend their IWGP Tag Championships. Yeah. So interesting what that's going to happen. I know Dax has talked about, you know, wanting to do his singles thing for a minute, maybe not mentioning it like he wants to leave FTR and not have a tag team, but their contract's coming up next year. They have mentioned that if they might, they might shop around depending on what's good for FTR, not good, what's good for AEW, which I can respect as, as an individual. Sure. They're they're looking to do bigger and better things, and they've done. He actually even went as far to say that this past Briscoe's match, 
was his greatest masterpiece in wrestling, his greatest thing he's done in all of wrestling. That's Dak, right? Right, right. Um, he's also just started a podcast while William Regal has ended up leaving AEW, and instead of completely shutting down the Gentleman Villain podcast that William Regal ran, uh, his co-host, I can't remember his name, actually asked, asked Dax to basically start a new podcast. So you have FTR with Dax Hardwood uh, taking over that podcast, so he's got more stuff to do. So, I mean, you never know. We might see the end of FTR for a minute. We might see the, they might not be tagging for a little, a little bit. If they drop these IWGP tag titles here in January, I mean, that's all their gold. All of their gold is gone. They don't have a shot at the AEW titles anymore. They were the number one contenders for probably six months. Uh, we might see a, you know, a reduction in FTR's, uh, you know, activity here next year. That'd be a huge loss. I mean, it would be, but I would love to see both Dax and Cash as a singles competitors. Oh, absolutely. They're you both know? fantastic singles competitors. And Dax has really shown off how incredible of a singles competitor he is this year in particular. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, but honest to God, this this match was it was really a good match between the two tag teams. Um, sad to see FTR get the loss, but honestly, the Gun, Col- Gun Club needed a legitimate win like this. Cheating or not, they needed a win like this to put them on a next level if they're gonna if they're gonna be an active tag team. Right, in people AW. need to take them seriously. They do, like, and, and do they're it. gonna be heel, they're gonna be great heels. They're gonna be amazing heels. Mm-hmm. For, they've learned from Billy Gunn, right? You know, like who better to learn from than somebody who was involved in one of the most like definitive factions in all of wrestling in the '90s? You know, Degeneration X. Like they they learned, they showed and taught an entire world how to be an Americanized heel on wrestling. Right. Like, it, it, who, who better to have as a heel tag team in a company that needs good heel tag teams? Right, needs than good Billy Gunn's sons. Than Billy Gunn's sons. Like, <laughs> we're like, oh my God. So much potential. So glad to see them get the win. So sad to see FDR get the loss. Of but, course. Uh, love the potential for what could develop. The next segment consisted of the boss, Rick Ross, mediating Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Couldn't think of his name. The big man to forget his name. Yeah. I mean, as Rick Ross said, <laughs> um, which if you, you, I'm sure you, if you're into wrestling, you've seen the, the clip of Rick Ross looking at Keith Lee and saying, you a big motherfucker on live TV. And yeah, apparently he, Keith Lee turned around and uh, Rick Ross got to do like a full, like up and down of how big Keith Lee is. He saw his triceps and was like, damn, I just had to tell him how big of him of a duty is you know it's funny rick ross being a boss doing what he wants when he wants right tony Khan in the back sweating bullets like thank god this isn't <laughs> on the january 4th edition so basically he was supposed to mediate some type of intervention between the talking two out i guess which i don't know i never thought of rick ross as an individual to be a mediator i was wondering what this had to do with rick ross but uh keith lee shows up into the ring and Rick Ross is basically like, I don't know, here's ruining, Swerve, whatever. <laughs> ruining uh, the promo. It takes Swerve forever to finally walk out. And when he does, he's like, oh, we're on Keith's time, as always, you know, giving Keith right. a bunch of shit. Um, it just, I don't know. It I, was I don't, really awkward. The, seg- the whole segment <laughs> was a real hard sell, and it all led up to Keith Lee being attacked by uh, Parker Boudreaux. Well, from yeah, behind. Swerve was like, you know, make sure you have eyes in the back of your head. 
And then Rick Ross did the, yeah, the, I thought, the V thing. You know, he was like poking him like in the your... back of the head like that's where your eyes should be back there. And I, for a second, I thought Rick Ross was about to throw <laughs> hands. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried because anytime they have like some type of non-wrestler come into AEW, I feel like they have less training than anywhere else. Because you always end up seeing, because Tony Nese took a hard right hand, hand, right hand from. Uh, Action Ke- Bronson? No, no, no. From Kevin Gates. Oh, that's right. It was he Kevin took a, Gates. I saw it the other day. It's the only reason it is able to resonate in my head right now. But he took a hard right hand, and it's like, all right, like right, they're wrestlers. I'm sure you know they got to take one on the chin every once in a while. Rick Ross rough. doesn't look like a dude that would be very gentle in anything no, he does. not in the slightest. The boss? No. I mean, he but, tried to pick up Lexi Nair. Like, that's- well, that happened later, but yes, Parker Boudreaux did attack uh, Keith Lee from behind. Yep. And then Keith Lee was able to ward him was was able to kind of thwart him off for a uh-huh. minute. And then now, I, now Swerve is wearing like a sweatshirt with a logo on it. Which and yeah, no, Parker we, comes out into the ring, and now he's got the same logo, same insinuating yep. they're like a tag team or something and like then, that. Lo and behold, Rick Ross takes down his giant blue blazer, and he had the same shirt on, and this what looked like a literal shaved ape with tattoos and two braids on the top of his head comes running from off screen because uh, Keith Lee was able to get the upper hand on, on Parker and just annihilates Keith Lee. And I mean, he dude's massive. He's covered from fingertip to, to he- the top of his head with mm-hmm. tattoos. Um, no idea who this guy is. They yeah, the up- announced team didn't seem to know mm-hmm. who the hell he was. No one did. Well, you never, never even said their some, name. No, you did some research after uh, this all went down and yeah. found out it was Brendan Goatsman. Brendan Goatsman, who was a, uh, former MLB player, well, not MLB, he was a former baseball player. He got drafted to the Tampa Bay Rays in 2011. Uh, they put him to a couple of minor teams. He never ended up making it to the major leagues. He seemed like he was just, you know, a a, a big man that could swing a bat real hard. Um, Go but, back and look at pictures of him when he did play baseball. Yeah, it looked like a normal Baby dude. Like, everyone's, dude. like, towards the late end of his career, he had, like, one or two face tattoos. Um, but nothing compared to what you see him on here. And I think he only got out of baseball a few years ago. Uh, but complete, a monster of a human being. I don't know anything about him. I don't know. I, I, apparently, he's been signed with AEW for a few months now. They've just been waiting to utilize him. Um, I, I guess I, they, they, they're the Moguls Affiliates. Is the uh, Mogul Affiliates, yep. Is the faction that Swerve is a part of now. I don't know if Rick Ross is going to be a reoccurring member or if it's just a few appearances here and there. Um, what I did find interesting was the next day on Twitter, uh, Shane Taylor actually reposted or retweeted something about the situation that had happened previous night. Shane and Taylor said, being uh, used to be in a tag team with uh, Keith Lee. Yeah, if you do- didn't watch the uh, final battle, they had a match against each other. It was Swerve and Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor. And God, I can't remember the other guy's name. He was really good too. Um, but they had a match. So. Shane Taylor is now saying like, hey, you know, maybe you're going to see me sooner than later, insinuating that he might have something to do well, with he said back then, that Keith was, Lee and Shane Taylor uh, you know, tagging up again. That was, that was a, a debt that needed to be settled between family. And then he also right. commented, but you don't fuck with my family like you just did. So right. it kind of makes it seem like Swerve, Stir- or Swerve Strickland, uh, Shane Taylor is, is going to have something to do with, which would make sense. And you're going to have Keith Lee is going to be taking on three really talented individuals mm-hmm. and he can't take all three he's a big dude but he ain't that no, big. but the two of them can take all three of them oh 100 percent, 100 percent. uh so again i always say it every week but planting the seeds of of 
uh, sure. storyline for later on down the road. I, I'm interested to see what they're doing. Uh, I've been a fan of Parker since he signed to AEW. I didn't know anything about him prior to that. I was wondering where he was because they've had the Trustbusters come out on Dark a few times and they haven't had him there. Right. Uh, and Ari Davari did insinuate that uh, Swerve had paid him and that's why Parker was on Mogul Affiliates now. But he right. basically said that he'll always be a part of the Trustbusters too. Now, as you had said previously, there was some type of post-match interview between the Mogul Affiliates and Lexi Nair. And she was pretty much asking, you know, what does everybody have to do with each other? That was when Rick Ross really declared that this was going to be some type of group, like you said, perhaps reoccurring. Right. And then Rick Ross just laid it on thick and was like, hey, I got the, what do you say, the Benz ready? I think the cutie car or something like that. Yeah, he was like, Lexi, Lexi you cute, you know, and and really tried to get one under a big bill. But big bill saw the writing on the wall and looks like Christmas. He uh, he put a ring on it. Yeah. Good move. Yeah, good Congrats move. Congrats to the two of them because yep, they, they seem they, like awesome people. They got hitched, and I'll tell you what, I'm surprised because she's a pretty, she's a pretty small girl. I'm surprised that rock on her finger is not weighing her down. That oh, thing. it's gorgeous. Like, it it makes me sad watching all these motherfuckers get married because there is no way in hell I could afford you a rock like that. That whole rock probably cost as much as my house. And that's okay. Good for them. <laughs> I don't need that, but good for yeah, them. Congratulations to to W Morrissey, Big Bill, whatever you want to call them, yep. and Lexi Nair for. Tying the knot? Is that what they call it? Hitching? Getting hitched? Getting hitched, tying the knot. That's when you do get married. That would just be engaged. I mean, you have to be a a very strong individual to take on uh, Diamond Dallas Page being your father-in-law. Oh, that's right. That is is her father, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I believe that's her stepfather, but like she- Close enough. That's even worse. Yeah. That's even worse. Well, again, congratulations to the couple- um, I'm sure they should turn that into a storyline somewhere down the road. Might as well. We we touched base with it, and I say we like I'm a part of AEW. AEW did one God, wedding, I believe, so here. far, and that was with Penelope and Kip. Hopefully this, this doesn't suffer the same fate that did because the big man in that storyline hasn't been seen on TV more than, what, four times this, this year? I believe so. Also, um, wasn't Chuck Taylor his young boy? Chuck Taylor was his young boy for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, which if well, you don't Trent know, was out. If you don't know what a young boy is. That's like the uh, newbie in Japanese wrestling that has to do basically the veterans bidding. It's a sign of passage out there. Um, yeah, that that storyline unfortunately left the big man out in the winds at this point. You can say Miro. Can I? <laughs> I don't want him to jump through like, <laughs> him or his wife. Oh, I was gonna say him and CJ could whoop our asses. Oh, I know, no doubt. Talking about hard hitting women. Let's talk about what ended up being the main event of Dynamite and ended up, hands down, one of the best women's matches of the year, if not the best. And honest to God, it it makes me put my foot in my mouth when I say that uh, AEW's women's division is lacking. I know. Again, Tony Khan has listening devices because he really told these two to put on a great show. And Hikaru Shida and Jamie Hayter know how to put on a great show. And they went toe-to-toe, head-to-head. (laughs) <laughs> for yeah. the AEW tit for tat whatever whatever moniker you want to put on it uh these two tore the house down great to see that an AEW women's title match be the main event of the starship program of a company it was well deserved it absolutely should be 100 percent. we've and- had that conversation before when you are having this big of a title on the line you should absolutely have the headlining match and not just that 
Like, I'm not just saying, we're not just saying that because we want the women's division to shine a little bit more. Which we do. We do, but it's more than that. It's, you not only have to be put in that position, you, the, the, the title doesn't just, it not only deserves to be in that spot on the show, but the performers need to perform at that level. And these right. two did not let you down on this. No. This was an amazing match between the two of them. Honest to God, one of the best women's match of the year between AEW and WWE. Uh, indie, indie promotions and beyond that you can make an argument left, right, and center. But the major ones you see, the ROH, AEW, and WWE, one of the best women's matches of the year. It really was. These two, and, and the finisher, they, honest to God, had everybody losing their minds in the last two to three minutes when they just were going back and forth between reversals. They were going back and forth between finishers, and I just phenomenal. It was. It was just back and forth, exactly like you said. It was a very even match, and it ended up being a very clean match. There was Britt Baker interference, mm-hmm. but she ended up just getting absolutely rocked with that kendo stick. Which, even then, I... I bought into it. I figured that was going to be the distraction that led to the pin. Uh, and it didn't. Sheeta was able to, to dispose of Britt Baker fairly quickly. Um, but at the help with uh, Tony Storm coming and running down. Yep. She was able to take out Rebel, Britt Baker, and anybody else that was kind of in the middle of it. It didn't allow Hikaru Sheeta to get the win in the long run. No. Nope. But it, she took three lariats before she finally. That's just the lariats. Never mind everything out. else she took like yeah. right before that. Like, yeah. It was it, insane. Like they really put over not only, I mean, obviously Hikaru Shida is the longest reigning AEW women's right. champion. One of the most decorated in AEW in the women's division. Um, but they gave, she, so she obviously shined, but it gave Jamie Hayter the heart to put out the effort to get that win. Like, right. She had to put every, and when she got done, whether it was kayfabe or not, she looked half dead. Her oh, hair yeah. was messed they up, breathing exhausted. heavy, sweating. And this was only uh, Jamie Hayter's first title defense. Yeah. But she said she's going to be a fighting champion, so I'm looking yep. forward to seeing who she's going to be facing next that's going to follow this great of a match. I'm still waiting for Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter. I think eventually I've, it's going to happen, course, but I, I don't think eventually, think yet. Not anytime soon. I don't think but yet. But I think towards the end or the end of mm-hmm. uh, her title reign uh, would be Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker because they've been buddy buddy all the way up until this. Uh, Britt Baker's also been on her side since she's been running for the title and in her corner since she won the title instead of her time. That's great, but Britt Baker, the character, they teased this there's before. no way. Yeah, they had it a little bit uh, when couple feuds. Tony Storm had the belt, uh, and it was right before actually the match that she ended up winning the title. They, that's when they had that little thing and they ended up double crossing. It's a whole big thing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I'm so excited again for more potential of what's, good, what's to come the, the first of the year. Right. It's a slow burn with that. And there is going to be that Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter versus Soraya and mystery partner. Mm-hmm. Still have not been announced. Uh, still have not. Possibly Thunder Rosa. I, the, the timeline could add up. I know mm-hmm. originally uh, Thunder had said her proposed time to come back would be early january mm-hmm. uh, i know a few months or a few weeks ago a few mo- a month ago she had sent something about uh more like february which again it's wrestling they could always just be saying that to throw you off the trail a little bit exactly um there's also a multitude of talent out there that could also be her partner right it's the nice thing about tony khan is he's got literally this forbidden door open to where mm-hmm. different promotions so many different people have worked yep. for the company just for 
a night. You know, Deanna Perazzo came in there and fought yep. for the ROH championship to keep it relevant. Yep. I mean, you, you know, could pull an indie wrestler. Her. You could pull NJPW or, or even ROH uh, um, original member. Oh, yeah. They have you so many have, Japanese women that they've brought in. I mean, it could be uh, anybody, anybody in the world. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Thunder Rosa would be a good fit. I think that would be, honestly, I would think it'd be underwhelming. Yeah. I think it's like the one where it's like, okay, that makes sense. Do you have any ideas for who would be a better a fit better for that? Mercedes Varnado? But I know that's not a reality. I don't know what the hell. I don't know. That, I, I doubt that's going to happen. We can sit here and read the dirt sheets all we want. Apparently, she's in Japan. I believe, apparently, apparently. I believe she is in Japan and she's going to be on Wrestle Kingdom 17. Whether she wrestles a I match so. or if she even gets physical or if she just shows I up. So. I think that she is going to make the wrestling world shit their pants and if i'm wrong i'm wrong but that's my that is my that would be great. prediction is that she is in japan right now with her feet up hanging out with Kyrie sane do you think that she's going to come to AEW for that no. match no. you're just saying it would be good i'm just saying it would be good no yeah. I, I i there's no doubt in my mind it's not her yeah no doubt in my mind i mean soraya's friends with a lot of people of course so it really could be anybody it's gonna be renee paquette Renee, she <laughs> hinted at she wanted to do it. They are, be- they Soraya's are like, like don't. They are extremely good friends. What if it was Soraya's mom? I could see that. She's nuts. I man. never thought about that going into the family. She is hard hitting because she was on Impact as of yeah. the last few years, right? I don't know if she still is, Can't but I, her I, name. Know, I know that she was for a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. She, I mean, they've been in the industry for She's nuts. their entire lives. Oh, for sure. Soraya did come out at the end. So that was Tony Storm came out and Soraya came out. Uh, to basically be in Cheetah's corner. So don't know what they're going to do. They might end up doing a match with three of them. Interesting, interesting that Tony Storm came out. She didn't really have anything previously to do with this. No, they just like, kind of put her in there maybe because she has ties to Jamie Hayter. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But that ended uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Now we could talk about... <clears throat> Hold on, please. The $300,000 Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Battle Royale. I'm glad you that had that up. started off Rampage. I'm glad that you had that up. I wrote I... that down because I knew one of us was going to have to remember what that was. And I knew I couldn't remember that off the top of my head. So yeah. T- Tony Khan with his, with, his, with his ever so famous random title match names. Yeah. Uh, so basically we had this Trios Royale that happened. Mm-hmm. The winner of that match was the three people and they got $300,000. So, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a piece. Right. And excuse me, the teams that participated in this match were the best friends with orange Cassidy. You had the dark order Dragalisto with Preston Vance and Roosh, Tony Nese, Josh Woods and Ari Davari, which was an interesting trios, but worked. Uh, top flight and AR Fox, the Blackpool combat club, and also the Spanish Announce Project, and last but not least, the Butcher, the Blade, and Kipsy. Which can we talk about SAP? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Right now, there's some heat on SAP because it's like a carbon copy of, I believe it's SAT. Yes, SAT. Which is an independent wrestling team that has the same gimmick where they're Spanish. They're the Spanish Announce team. I, I don't know. I think that apples and oranges at this point like for, re- for nothing in wrestling is original yeah you know it's unfortunate when big groups like AEW and WWE right. rip off the indie scene right but if but you, if you I, look I don't at know these if it was two, a rip off you know yeah, if you look at these two pro- these two individual individual groups side by side you have SAP they have black trunks with I think gold accent and they are all 
of Spanish descent. Yes, or have some type of ties to yeah, they, Mexico. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously the Spanish amounts product, they are all of Latin descent, but they don't they don't all look the same. Luther is looks like a bald white guy. Mm-hmm. You have Serpenico, who if you didn't know that he was of Spanish descent, you would have no absolutely no clue. Right. Didn't he just lose a hundred his hundredth match? Yes, he did. You know, and, like they're not really putting these guys over. And then Angelico, like other than He's a hidden gem. Everybody yeah. thinks that he sucks and he's weird, but I'm telling you, don't sleep on Angelico. None of them are. They're they're he's in, great. they're amazing. Jack they're Evans was great. phenomenal too. But like if you look at these they're even their dynamics, you've got Angelico who has like this green and black like techno raver mm-hmm. dance guy. He's you built have, like our, our six year old son who's right. like you have, all skin and bones. So it's hard to Luther, take him seriously, you know? Luther who's this this heavy set, bald light skinned guy right. in a red leotard, basically. And then you have Serpenico who's a masked wrestler that just doesn't win. Like the, the similarities between these two teams are completely different. Like I right. get it. I I get that they're they're similar in the in the idea of how they came together. Right. But it's not like these guys are going to be going for the trio tag team championship. Oh, there's no way. But the idea here is that they, the three of them are going to be the actual Spanish announced team now. Right. And it's a play cool. on Spanish announced team and chaos project, mm-hmm. Spanish announced project. Right. Was it influenced by SAT? Probably. Right. But I'm getting completely sidetracked. I loved, I love <laughs> them. I, I absolutely love, I, I'm a huge fan of Luther of and Serpenico. Uh, it, it I've grown fu- to like Angelico, so I was, gr- I was glad to see them as a tag team together. Sure, they Fuck were all the really drama good. that comes with it, but I loved, I loved them as a tag team. It was funny because when it was their time to come in, they actually like took off the headphones and they like, got all excited, yep. like yeah, yep. and they like ran into the ring. It, it and was, then quickly it were good. eliminated. That's okay. We're not worried about that. You know, this match was definitely the highlight of Rampage. It was really, really, really good. I love that Tony Khan's not afraid to start off. Rampage or Dynamite with such a huge banger of a match. Well, he also knows the majority of your watchers in the are be- in, in that beginning. So if you have a match that's not super storyline oriented and it is just a really fun match, it will mm-hmm. keep the attention of individuals well, when you have something like this. Sure, the the last match was really fun too. Let's oh, of be course, honest. of course, it was. I had quite a few laughs. Oh, of course, no, no <laughs> doubt. I'm not saying it wasn't a uh, main event quality. Yeah, just saying like you that has a storyline aspect to it. That main event is built around something that's developing within AEW as a storyline. But if you're trying to, and you've heard of those 15-minute pitches, this is Tony Khan's 15-minute pitch to people who are watching Rampage for the first time. Now, here's the thing that they're really trying to sell, and I think this just uh, reiterated that there was some storyline that did happen in this Royal Mm -hmm. match, and it was that Hangman Adam Page came in at some point. Right towards the end. Yeah, right towards the end, John Moxley was still there, Claudio was still in there, and basically, like, fucked up John Moxley's opportunity to win this match. Yeah, he ended up uh, attacking John Moxley, and because there's no DQ in these matches, there was Mm -hmm. no problems. Uh, They were in the ring, and the security was holding back Hangman against the ropes. John Moxley was being held back as well, and... uh, Top Flight took them out. Top Flight ended up taking out John Moxley, uh, because he wasn't paying attention, he was paying attention to the Hangman Adam Page which then re-spilled out into the the outside of the ring. Yep. John um, get, got up even after he was eliminated and went up on the top rope and jumped on top of all the security yep. and Hangman Adam Page. So but that gave, fueling that, you know, uh, feud between the two of them. Yep. And, but that gave Top Flight the ability to have a two-on-one versus Claudio. And Chances I got to say, good. I got to say, that if this was just a match, if it was a handicap match between Top Flight and Claudio, 
they did this great. They did. They really did. Top Flight looked phenomenal as a tag team like they right. always do. And Claudio didn't look bad in the absolute slightest. No, he looked extremely strong. He took because on two very talented individuals, right. but was able to use his brute strength and technical ability to pretty, I mean, he got, got thrown out in the end. Top Flight ended up winning, but it was like a hard fought. It wasn't a two minute, you know, one or two spots, and then the big guy no, goes it over. Went to, on for quite a it, bit. There was a couple of spots where you're like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. Claudio might be able to pull this out, and, and then vice versa. And they're like, right. "Oh wait, no, Top Flight's going to get it." Like it went back about four or five times, and it really kept it interesting and kept both of them looking strong, even after Claudio got got thrown out. Right. There was one spot where Claudio got thrown out, and he was on the apron. He like definitely overextended how much he was like falling out oh of the yeah ring. like he's got the just, one leg just, in the other one's like inches yeah, away. yeah you, you gotta like sell it a little bit oh, so yeah. he did a good job selling how well uh top flight worked together and ar fox had been eliminated for a while at this yeah. point so you know basically if he wins this opportunity he's been out for a while like dante he only, and did, Darius ha- did, he only did he only did half the work yeah but they ended up pulling out the win and i think that yeah. was good because john and claudio didn't need to win this no no they already got you everything know? else going on around them they've had championships right claudio's the the uh world champion like you don't need any they don't need the wins no the top flight they needed this win. Yes. it's another up-and-coming tag Fox, team getting yep. Yeah, AR Fox too. They've got more experience under the belt. Mm-hmm. They've got more fire underneath them to right. accelerate them to a top tier level. And this does actually feud a match that happens on Dynamite between John Moxley and Claudio versus Top Flight. That will be happening next week. Yes, it will be. Well, actually, this week. I apologize. Right, right. That'll lead us up into Jade Cargill taking on Burt Vixen in was probably the shortest match of all of AEW this week. Uh, they got in there, went back and forth a little bit. Burt Vixen got a little bit of offense in. Jade Cargill kicked her in the face, and that was it. Got it. 45th win. 660 days undefeated. Undefeated. Uh, you did find a uh, interesting tweet by her. Somebody had asked about um, why she hasn't gone for the AEW title uh, since she's had such a phenomenal undefeated streak, like you said, 660 days. Uh, and she had this to say, which was, she said, I have to get warm. I think everyone should be happy and grateful they seen me in my first match ever. Most of the women who have carried the main title have hundreds of matches. I've literally had only 45 and one off-grid match. Let me take my time. You all know I'm going to be great. I don't know what off-grid match she's talking about, though. I don't know. Must have been, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Uh, but yeah, a solid win. Uh, didn't really do anything. I think it was just really a time filler. I wonder or, if it was the dark match he was talking about. Maybe. Maybe, but no, because that was... Uh, that was part of the... That was her big... I don't remember what it was, but 40th. it was a big number. Yeah, 40th. Um, so, yeah. Not much... Really, honest to God, like, we've probably talked longer than the match was at yeah, this point. Yeah, just in constantly putting Jade over. Uh, uh, continuation of the baddies. Haven't really seen anything happening with Red Velvet, although Red I feel Vel- like little, that's going to turn. A little dissension and in there. If Red Velvet has some type of rivalry with Jade Cargill, I think that would be phenomenal because Red Velvet's really good. She is really good, but it would be a hard sell because she's, I mean, honestly, Jade Cargill, you you even surprised by this. Jade Cargill's only 5'10". She's not that big. So she looks like she's seven foot tall, but she's it's as tall as legs. I am. Legs, Uncre- well, not just that. A lot of the are. women in the AEW women's division are just on the shorter side. Sure, sure. And just it makes her look like this monstrous human being, right? But she's just of average height, right? She's just of an average build. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. Incredible physique. Absolutely. 
And the match to wrap up Rampage was Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, Triple J, versus Anthony Bowens and Daddy Ass, because Max Caster was actually hurt because Jeff Jarrett had hit him over the head with the guitar. The old guitar. Yep. Jeff Jarrett must go through, he must have like a bunch of Esteban <laughs> guitars. For, um, all like the ones that the didn't day. sell from QVC. Yeah. Because, man, he I just goes through them all the time. <laughs> uh, he couldn't get cleared for the night, just for tonight. So, uh, Daddy Ass took his spot, and it was very funny to see the dynamic that everybody had. You had two young guys that are super, super over. Uh, and two Jay old Lethal guys that Anthony you Bowens. either love or nor hate them. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how you could hate Daddy Ass right now, but it was great. Jeff Jarrett obviously can still hit the moves and and do his thing uh just <laughs> tna chance a plenty well i mean yeah even max caster referenced it in the rap he said something like i'm gonna put you back to the impact zone or something right, like that right absolutely hysterical so yeah if you had ever seen any of that go down in tna this was very reminiscent of all of that mm-hmm. uh but then you had anthony bowens and uh daddy ass in there and of course seeing two veteran guys go back and forth right. was great Great wrestling, but just hysterical. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. See, I, I feel like I had the opposite opinion of that match. Oh, really? I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I just... I took it more as like the sports entertainment aspect of it. Understandably. Understandably. Entertainment um, of it. No, no. I'm, I'm looking at it in every angle, and I just... I don't know. Uh, with, with the AEW tag titles on the acclaimed, I don't know why this was necessary. Oh, Jeff it Jarrett was not. and Jay Lethal have said they're going to be going for the titles. Why? I can't see why? why they would be ever put the titles on them. I'm not saying Lethal wouldn't, but I'm just saying Jeff Jarrett is just, if you don't know him from TNA, you don't really, and you don't know him from WWE, like right. and, and newer generations are not going to know who this guy is. No. Um, I don't. It's just some heel heat, in my opinion. Right, but I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't know why Daddy Ass is getting involved, why Max Caster is, is cast away for a, a single week. Like, right. it, and it's one of those things like, all right, Max Caster's injured. Injured. How do they know it's only going to be a week? Like, oh, yeah, he's just going to be out this week. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get cleared for tonight. Like, yeah, okay. I just, I, I don't know. I was. <laughs> I think I, it was just supposed to be entertainment for the end of Rampage. Personally. I think they blew their load on entertainment on the trios. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I just, nothing about this. I really, I didn't no. really like it. Well, I think they looked at it in the aspect of there's not a lot going on. People are out of town, you know. Of course. A lot of people probably didn't watch it. Same with SmackDown. And you're, you you're talking about the third, or the, the final match on Rampage, which is supposed to be the main event. So you got your big names, Billy Ass, you got Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and right. your AEW tag. Like, I get it. I just feel like to me, it felt like it fell, it fell flat. Oh, it did. It just, like I said, it was more comical than actual oh, 100%. hard hitting wrestling. 100%. But, it was. Uh, not Triple J match. did take the win on this one. And again, like you said, said that they were going for the tag titles. Right. I think I'm good there. It's funny because for a while, the tag team championship was like, it was like the title. It was really good. It was, mm-hmm. it was over. They had Swerve in Our Glory. Everybody then, going after it. Then, you know, they had uh, the acclaimed to get it. And I feel like it's been really good. Well, they took a back seat but, once the trios got re-debuted. But as weird as it is, I feel like they took a back seat to the women. Because the women, for a while, it was like, eh, yep. kind of stale. The championship matches really weren't anything. Tony Storm was doing matches, but there was not a lot of story build up. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of long-term storytelling. Right. Now I feel like it's making sense. The women's division is making a lot of sense. Even with Athena having the ROH championship, mm-hmm. it makes sense. I feel like, you know, they're really putting a lot into the, the women's division, but now the tag team division is just kind of lackluster. 
I really don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they didn't give FTR the opportunity to have the belts and just make it a good thing. I think, like you said, with the trios and the tag team, it's really hard to like focus on both at the same time. There's, they, they, and a lot of people have talked about that, that AEW has too many belts for how little airtime they have. Right. You can only, you can defend the, the belts on a YouTube show. Yeah. But if you have a title change on a YouTube channel, like that's, that's the slap in the face you know, of the of a of a casual wrestling fan. Yeah, you know somebody like you or you and I that we have a podcast. We enjoy wrestling outside of the few hours we get between Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, and Dynamite. Um, you know we go out of our way to look for wrestling. You no, know, not everybody does that. So if you have title changes on a YouTube show, it it's going to diminish the value of that title. If you sure. put the put the TNT title. I don't know why you would on YouTube channel, but it's going to be like, oh, well, that's that's just the, the TNT title. You can watch that on YouTube. Like, it's no big deal. Like, hopefully the trios match when it get does get to the seventh one and the winner is determined mm-hmm. that that kind of I mean, it's settles a, down. It takes for up a, a while. lot of a lot of time during the week. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great segment. I, I was gushing about it earlier. Right. But you're right. It, it takes up a lot of time for something that's happened five six times already right i think whoever's going to win is going to win and i think it's just going to settle down and kind of take reins for other groups and i hope so singles individuals in AEW that deserve the time i mean it's i I think that's part of the reason why they consolidated both tv titles between roh and uh and AEW. right not tv titles but the you know the tbs or the tnt TNT. title um it's just one less you know person you you have Yep, yep exactly uh, but yeah, like I said, people have talked about that AEW is going to be plagued with too many belts, and I feel like they're feeling the heat on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, after the first of the year with this rebrand they're coming out with, because Tony Khan is talking about there's going to be a whole new look and feel. Yeah, they've been working to Dynamite nine months Rampage. on this. Yeah, and I, I, nobody, I think it, I haven't heard anybody leaking anything about it or or talking about this new. Uh, they showed a small preview of it, which if you go on AEW social media. Uh, it's a bunch of red and blue lasers yep. with uh, a bunch of superstars they or sure... wrestlers, whatever you want, whatever term you want to yeah. use. They showed a little bit of it on uh, Being the Elite. We had caught an episode of Being the Elite on YouTube. Yeah, it was a small and smidgen. Matt and Nick Jackson. That's were... right. You're right. I do remember that now. Yep, they it were looked shooting like, some uh, of that with the lasers. It it, re- it was re- it reminds me of if you've ever played Beat Saber on yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Quest or any other VR game. Yeah, um, that red blue laser. American Gladiators futuristic look. Uh, excited to see that. That's supposed to debut uh, the first of the year, or well, the fourth of the I'm year. I'm thinking around that same time that that seventh match is going to happen. Possibly that. Well, that, that would make sense. They're doing that with the TBS executives there. Exactly. And the Warner Brother executives. Uh, but we've got that's. I mean, that that was the main event for Rampage. That'll do it for Dynamite and Rampage for this week. We've yep. got uh, so coming what do we have up coming up this week. We got coming up. We got the Death Triangle versus the Elite in their match six for the Fowl's Count Anywhere match. Okay. Uh, that's going to be on Dynamite. We have Samo- Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship. We were just talking about that earlier. Uh, Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. Uh, Renee Paquette had a segment with uh, Brian Danielson. He called out MJF. Ethan Page came out, called a vegetable man. It was a great back and forth mm-hmm. with Stokely Hathaway. Brian Danielson said, did you just call me vegetable man? And Stokely Hathaway said, you raggedy, raggedy bitch. bitch. So that's been like, that's good. The, the meme of the week for AEW. Uh, so we'll be seeing those two go at it. I'm looking forward to that. And I oh, I can't say enough good things about how well they've treated Ethan Page. They're doing him right. 
They're giving him the time Finally. he needs. Like, I really do like this guy. I like Finally. him on YouTube. He's, he's, he looks a little bit more aggressive than he has been. It's been great having him with Stokely and having him, you know, in these great matches like with Brian Danielson, I think is going to be And he's got fantastic. something brewing with Matt Hardy and Private Party because uh-huh. he's going to go in with, I know, on Dark. They've been showing up a lot there. Yep. Matt Hardy's definitely hinting more towards the... Uh, <coughs> Gimmick. But the broken gimmick. Yep. Which I I never really got to see that in impact. I got to see it all like in reviews and YouTube videos. Right. So, so I'm excited to see that. Definitely. Uh, uh, also, we have Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale teaming up to face Ty Mello and Anna J. Tay J. Tay J. No, Ty we, we Tay J. Yeah. Tay J. It doesn't matter. We went over that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They don't call themselves anymore. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have John Moxley and Claudio teaming up again to t- to fight. Top flight. Uh, earlier on Dynamite, John Moxley ended up taking on Darius Martin. Yes. Uh, the brother that has been out of commission for a good long little bit of top flight, and they had a great match. They did. Yeah, don't look at Dante and think that he is just by far better than Darius. Like, Darius definitely knows how to hold his own, too. He must it's have, nice to see he him must in a single training up when he, he must was have. Out. They're well, just so talented for such are. young dudes. And, and if, you, if you've grown to love a singles competitor... His brother, the, the dynamic that those two have are just out of this world. Like, they are going to be one of the top tag teams, whether they stay in AEW for a good long while. If they venture outside of AEW, any company would be stupid not to pick two guys Oh, up. absolutely. Young and full of Talented, of energy. charisma out the oh, ass. Oh, my God. Insane. Can't wait to see what these two end up Insane. doing. Insane. I think um, that this match is just going to put them over because Claudio and John Moxley... They just know how to make everybody look good. That's Case what they're there to do. That trios match. This is the greatest, the best way to utilize veteran talent that have been in a different company. Yep. That are in this company. They they are taking exactly how they gave the win to Top Flight for the 300k uh, battle royale. It's the same thing. It's going to be for this. It's going to be two veterans of the industry that are getting that are either at their peak or on the other side of that peak point. Giving the knowledge while they are able to do it, giving the, the, the experience to a younger tag team that could take whatever they've learned right. and even make it better. The best thing that they could do with their career is put these next guys over. I think AEW, you know? I think AEW honestly, this past nine to 12 months have really been able to dig in, especially after the CM Punk drama. I was going to say the same thing. Ever since that happened, it's been a completely different company in the regard that they... I really think that was an opportunity for them to step back and say, we can bring in CM Punk. We can bring in Brian Danielson. But we got to stop giving them belts. Yeah. Or we can use people like that to push over the next group of individuals that are going to put everything over. And by putting the belts on the acclaimed, I think it was a great idea Mm -hmm. by putting these guys that have been in AEW for a really long time and proving that they have the talent and they don't need these WWE guys. I mean, again, look at Chris Jericho. Look mm-hmm. what he did last week for Action Bron- Action Bronson. Action Andretti. I'm talking like Taz. There's right. only one action. Um, but I mean, to comment on your tag team, I mean, look at the progression of the tag team titles since the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. You had the Young Bucks drop it to the Death Triangle. Death right. Triangle drops it Which, to... Which, it was supposed to be the Hardys in the first place, so right. that was a whole thing. They had to thing. take a left-hand turn, but I'm, I'm honest to God, I'm glad. I'm glad they did it. It worked. Because they Death gave it Triangle, to Swerve in our glory after uh, the, uh, Matt and Jeff dropped it. We got Death Triangle, and then they transferred it to Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, which two. <laughs> I said Matt and Jeff, Matt and Nick. Sorry. Matt and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, who they needed that push. They needed that to, to give the legitimacy of that tag team right. being so over. They gave and them the tag titles, especially after how 
horrific of a match that not that it was oh, a bad match that yeah. the ending of that match just went that so was sideways rough. but I, I think that's helped uh jungle boy help him starting to transition into oh, jack sure. perry being officially like, just and that's what i mean jack it, perry it, by it being the tag them, team champion it you know turned them into champions it turned exactly. them into former champions exactly. that have got the experience they and they dro- had some great matches as, as tag team they end up dropping it to swerving our glory and it was a that was a great tag team to have well that- didn't um Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus drop it to the Young Bucks, who then dropped it to Swerve in Our Glory. You're right. That is what happened. Uh, but long story even longer, this was able to propel the entire tag team titles to the top of the pile. It went from like the laughing stock of, of tag team wrestling to, I feel like, one of the best tag team like transitions over the past year. Obviously, the Usos have just held on to the tag team titles for... I don't even remember how many days were were well past over a year now. So they've mm-hmm. had it this entire time. It didn't go anywhere. Nothing. No storyline happened with it. I think they might have unified the tag titles this year. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that happened. Whereas the AEW, and I'm not trying to compare WWE to AEW. You can't. Like, I, I, you just can't yeah. do that. Um, as little Diggy says, apples to oranges. Right. You know? But the way that they were able to take all of these tag teams and they transferred it from the Young Bucks who are like the home team. Like they right. are the ones that the reason why AEW is a thing right now. Right. And the, re- because the reason why AEW gets so much hate right now. Um, All of the above. They took it off of former, you know, people that already should have had the title and they've transferred it to the Lucha Bros who were already an established tag team, but was now an established AEW tag team. And right. they gave it to another tag team that was, and an, an indie tag team that is now an AEW tag team, and they gave it to another tag team, and then another tag team. And granted, right. it went back to the Young Bucks, but then it went to a homegrown, naturally occurring tag team in AEW between Swerve and right. Keith Lee. That just was supposed to be like a couple a weeks, and it just worked. And it just everybody loved it, and yep. they came up with Swerve in Our Glory, yep. and it was this it was big thing, and it great. has altered the tag team storyline. Mm-hmm. And now the acclaimed another tag team that was formed within AEW. Right. So now you have for the it, past six to eight months of nothing but AEW tag teams right. touching the, the title belt. And if you've never heard the story about the acclaimed, they were both trained under the same guy. They were from the same area. But they didn't necessarily know each other. They, they knew just of knew each of other. each other. And uh, I think it was Max Caster that tells the story that he goes to get on the um, elevator and he looks over and he sees Anthony Bowens and he's like, oh, shit, we're from the same place. We're here at the same time. He kind of realized he walls. was there for uh, an interview, too, and was like, shit, they're going to put us together. So they didn't know each other before then. They hadn't wrestled together before then. Right. But I, I don't know. Tony Khan just saw Match it on the writing on the wall. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Tony Khan originally pinned the acclaimed to be the, um, to Jericho. Right. And his group, the Pinnacle. Or right. no, the other one. I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't the Pinnacle. It was. Uh, Doesn't matter. Yeah. The, Chris Jericho's other group. And he said no. So he took the acclaimed tag team name right and passed it off to max caster and anthony bowens and max i just remember hearing in the interview he was like okay that makes sense mm-hmm. you know we're both pretty big in the indies we're both known for where we come from we're right. acclaimed indie wrestlers like that moniker kind of works well for us so right. to see what they used to be to what they are now you know by even going back to just a few weeks ago when they had that whole dynamite uh celebration with the acclaimed right and, 
that oh my god announced the, the, the acclaimed every week oh that was just great with daddy ass and the whole right. scissoring national scissoring day that's what it was it was just great so can't can't wait to see what happens but i really don't know how they're going to continue this uh tag team that both the belts i really don't know what they're doing with storyline well i'm sure come january 4th we will find out where what direction AEW is going what direction roh will have uh its hands in it um I think that'll do it for tonight. We've gone pretty long, longer than we had expected. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Remember to follow us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod. We tweet every Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, and Rampage, ROH events, NJPW if we feel like it. Uh, But, you know, the weekly, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And and the pay-per-views. And the pay-per-views. We are on the tweeters tweeting the tweets. So come join us. uh, You can find me at Gunk Dudley on Twitter. And I'm at a bacon party. Uh, make sure you leave us five star reviews on Spotify, Apple on Music, Apple Music, Amazon Podcast, uh, whatever podcast you platform, platform that you, you use. Uh, use. Uh, and if you do follow us or you do listen to us, take a screenshot, tweet at us, send us an Instagram. It's all at CAW Wrestling Pod. We'd love to hear from you, and we will uh, shout you out on the show. Um, thank you for joining us. You need me to do the end? You got it? Did you do it? <laughs> You're doing terrible. I was offering to do it. I think I did it last time. I thought about it. But That's why I was like, yeah, if you need All me right. to do it. And then you, you said could. you got it. I was like, okay. Yeah, if you could do it, that would cool. be great.